bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Paul O'Neill, founder of Trans-Siberian Orchestra, he's joining your day today on the Mulberry Lane Show, talking about the brand new tour, The Christmas Attic, coming to the Heartland November 13th at Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. Tickets are on sale now, and right now we're talking about the very beginning of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Now, when you started TSO, you thought big immediately. How did you ever make that work? We lucked out. Actually, Trans-Siberian Orchestra is the only band in rock that never played a club, never had an opening act, never was an opening act. And you've always had special effects with, like, pyro and all of that. But skip the pyro. The lasers were so powerful that when we played Berlin, (laughs) when we were doing our uh, sound check, (laughs) we got a call that one of our lasers was burning a hole in a billboard three miles away. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> could we... Uh, Move and, it, please. <laughs> yeah, and actually, when we play outdoors, we actually have to clear it with the local, you know, airline authorities to make sure that there were not any uh, airline paths. Wow. Huh. I bet but, that's uh, a little-known fact. Fog it, light it, blow it up. Just don't let the audience get bored and break down the wall. You know, um, that's why we have stages both ends of the arena you know, when we have a pyro hit go off, you just feel the heat roll across the arena. It's completely safe, but it's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah. You know, there's the right. illusion of danger, but mm-hmm. it's not dangerous, and you feel like you're part of the show. There's a lot of, you know, all of that stuff. So how do you manage to also keep the heart? You constantly have to keep on top of it all. The music has to be great, and our musicians are, are second to none. Like, you know, Fatali Capri won the gold medal in the Soviet Union for piano playing. Wow. The Soviet Union only produced three great things. You know, ballet, chess players, and piano players. <laughs> I guess Fear of the Gulag in <laughs> Siberia is a, is a good inspiration to practice. Because uh-huh. um, I remember when we did Nightcastle, we took the hardest thing Beethoven ever wrote and put it onto the hardest thing Chopin ever wrote. And when the album came out, doing talking to a DJ, and he goes, that, you know, Moonlight and Madness, you, you guys did that on MIDI. I'm like, no, that's live. Wow. Goes, so you're telling me somebody plays that live? I'm like, every night. You like well, taking on big challenges, don't you? It's, there's a magic to live, you know. I, I hate lip syncing. And mm-hmm. it even depresses me when I go backstage at some of these shows and you see tape machines running, not just for the vocals, but for the band. Yeah. You know, it's not the same. You no, know? it's not. It loses like, that energy. You could go to an IMAX theater and watch an orchid open. But if you're in the rainforest and you watch it open right in front of your eyes, totally different. Yeah. And, you know, the old model's dead, and a new model's going to emerge, and hopefully, you know, quickly. And yeah. <laughs> um, after we do the next TSO album, we may start to dabble in, um, you know, Broadway, just because, I mean, how many times can you open Oklahoma? I think Broadway could use a good shot of rock. And uh-huh. uh, the chances are it'll probably end up opening it like in a, a Vegas or a okay. Mohican Sun, because they have the stages that have the infrastructure that could to be able you know, to produce handle. it. Mm-hmm. You're one of the few tours that every year does well, and so many tours don't make money, and you know you manage to give money to charity every year. What is the formula that works? I, I'm old school. I, you know, I, when I grew up in New York City, I remember the first time we saw The Who, it was $5. And when I saw Led Zeppelin, it was $7.50. Wow. So I'm thinking, $7.50? How can they justify this? And to me, one of the great things about music was... It was egalitarian. I mean, you know, everybody was equal. It didn't matter if you were a poor kid or if you were David Rockefeller. But then in the 90s, it's kind of like the industry lost its mind. And like the last show at the Garden, you know, the floor seats were in the thousands of dollars. The mm-hmm. nosebleeds were in the hundreds. 
Mm-hmm. And the sadder thing was, like, the first 20 rows were practically empty. Uh-huh. And it wasn't because they weren't sold. It was because the only ones that could afford them were corporations, and they were all in the bar doing business deals. And right. the band's biggest fans, I like the fact that when TSO goes on sale, that Bill Gates and the kid who delivers your paper has the same chance of getting the best seats. Yeah. And yes, I know Bill Gates can buy the paper kid Switzerland, but <laughs> if that kid wants those tickets, they're his. Yes. And everybody makes a decent living, and, and I'd rather make $1,000 by selling 1,000 tickets then make a thousand dollars by selling one ticket right. and you know what's the point of having a, a great rock show if only corporations sovereign wealth funds are the latest embezzler on his way to brazil can afford tickets <laughs> isn't that true that's so true now yeah. has this been a philosophy you've had all along or did you develop this as you went along i think it's always been a whole long <laughs> okay. just because you know that's kind of how i grew up you know uh-huh. um, and how my parents raised us yeah mm-hmm. now who's the charity this year every city is different okay um in the 70s and the 80s i always used to write one check at the end of the year Sadly, uh, I wrote a check, and when the next year my accountants audited it, they found out that 96 cents out of every dollar went to salaries, and oh. only 4 cents went to the needy. Wow. And worse, it was legal. Wow. So when we started touring TSO, somebody said, Paul, instead of writing one check at the end of the year, why don't you write, uh, take $1 to $2 from every ticket in this, and leave it at a charity in the city? Uh-huh. And then somebody else said, that's a great idea, because this way, if you make a mistake, it won't be a disaster. And then somebody else said, why don't you get some of the radio stations involved? Because they're in the cities. They're in the trenches. They know the charities that really Do get good. the money to the needy yeah. and the ones that are cons. Uh-huh. And ever since we started doing that, I think the last time we did a, an audit, 97 cents out of every dollar got to the needy. Okay. Three cents went to overhead. And I think if a radio station is involved, if anyone's thinking of doing something, shall we say... Um, Teddy Wumpus, they won't because then it would end up on the news. Right. So Security it, there, yeah. Yeah, it works out good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Paul O'Neill from Trans-Siberian Orchestra on your home for the behind-the-scenes look at what goes on behind the tours and the recordings of your favorite songs here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And then you did mention and allude to some new music for non-holiday music for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, Beethoven's last night we toured for years and the next summer tour is either going to be Nightcastle or depending on what album we turn in in June <sighs> Letters from the Labyrinth or Rome Roll from King's Most Whisper and I'll know as soon as I finish the last vocal okay <laughs> and then do you tour the same cast or will it be different you know basically it's who's ever you know right for those songs you okay. know come out on that tour and and then the other singers come out as backup singers when you only have one lead singer, if he's got laryngitis or a yeah. sore throat and it's sold out, he goes out anyway, and he's doing permanent damage to his voice. But in TSO, we carry so many singers that somebody can take your place on the spot, mm-hmm. and this way you get to rest for a night, and you don't do any permanent damage. And yeah. the fans get the same level of performance. And there you go. Before we let you go, what can fans expect from Christmas, Christmas Attic? Like all my stories, you know, it, it has a happy ending. And of the, of the three stories, it's probably the lightest. It's more like uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a child that she goes into an old attic. Anyone who's been in an old attic where they've been throwing things for decades, if not centuries, knows it's filled with all kinds of cool things. Uh-huh. And she finds a trunk filled with letters and journals and gives her glimpses into the past and a glimpse into the future and gets her involved in something she shouldn't be involved in. But again, it has a happy ending. If you want sad endings, you don't need me. Just read the paper. <laughs> and right. too many Frank Capra movies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It's sounding great in rehearsal, and we just simply can't wait to uh, take it on the road. It includes the Christmas canon, right? 
Choose Christmas Canon yeah. and also Dream Child, which is also one of my favorite songs. Yeah, that beautiful. Okay, now as you're rehearsing in Council Bluffs there, are you a taskmaster? Do you get cranky or are you very calm? Oh, I, I don't get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired to be cranky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, well, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining our show once again. We always love catching up with you. Totally our pleasure. And one never knows one of these days we may have to fly you, you know, into the studio so you guys can do some background vocals for TSL. We love, love that. All right. love it too. <laughs> okay, Paul, take care. All right. Have take a good care. tour. Bye-bye. That's Paul O'Neill, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Take it, Bo. Can't believe it, but it's time for the wrap-up. Man, time flies. When you're discussing music, that is. Very true, Bo. And you got to meet us here next weekend where one of our guests will be Academy Award nominee, Minnie Driver. Don't miss this one. Now that interview will be in the second hour. The first hour, don't forget, we'll be broadcasting live next Saturday, October 25th, 10 a.m. at Elisa Ilana Jewelry, just south of 132nd and Dodge in Omaha. Lots of guests, giveaways, fun, music, free refreshments. Basically, it's going to be a party. A big party. And you won't want to miss our guests, including radio personality Tom Becca, singer-songwriter-musician Matt Whipke, blogger-entrepreneur and owner of Hello Holiday, Megan Hunt, choreographer and director of the Rose Theater's Rose Brigade, Sue Bhutan will be here. Plus, gift cards, giveaways, music, and a beautiful Tahitian pearl necklace giveaway from Elisa Ilana. Boom! You better be here. That's right, Rachel. <laughs> it's time to thank our guests who stopped by today. Country great Neil McCoy. Remember to pick up his latest album, Pride, a tribute to Charlie Pride. Get this exclusively at the Cracker Barrel or download from iTunes. That's right, Bo. We also want to give a shout-out to Gary Peel from the band Boston and Robert Berry from the band Ambrosia. They've just released an album with some of their friends as The December People, unauthorized holiday classics. Get your copy now. Never too early to start that holiday collection, especially when they're brand new takes on those best love songs. And Paul O'Neill, director and founder of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Grab tickets to the debut performance of The Christmas Attic at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs, November 13th. And finally, Logan and Roger, identical twin brothers of Hot AC and rock band The Raskins. Catch them in concert November 13th, the Century Link Center in Omaha. Well, that's it. We'll see you next weekend. Elisa Ilana Jewelry, 10 a.m. sharp, just south of 132nd and Dodge. Be there for the fun, the music, the prizes, and the guests. Oh, yeah. Stay happy and stay blessed. It's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.